We've heard lots of prophecies already over the new year, just January the 3rd, and somebody said it's the year of the church, and somebody else said it was this and that and the other thing, and, and um, I'm not d- dismissing any of it. I think it's all good. Uh, but really, it's hard to zero, th- you know, nail things down to a verse. Somebody g- used John twenty twenty one, and someone else talked about the year, the the, the, the Hebrew calendar is 5781, and so there's all kinds of things that, connect there. And then somebody else said, well, it was 2021 on the Gregorian calendar and all things that connect there. And, and, and they do, and you know, God will speak through those things. But the fact is probably both of those calendars are totally wrong. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know, according, I mean, Jesus had to have been born in six BC. If you, if you know when King Herod was alive and stuff like that. So, so those kind of things, <laughs> Those kind of things are all right. But you know what? I, I've got a few chapters for you instead of verses. Like in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, you know, if you're risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your intelligence on the things that are above and not the things of the earth. Why? Because you are dead and your life is with God in Christ. And then when Christ is your, who is your life will appear, you'll also appear with them in glory. And so what we really need, we're believing God for manifestations this year, but manifestations come from revelations. So we need a, a, a further revelation of who he is and what he has and what he can do. And, you know, to see the heart of God sometimes, if you just look at what he said when he introduced Jesus and, you know, he said this is, he didn't give a big long list of things. He, he just said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's how he would introduce you. You're my, you know, he, he wouldn't come and say, well, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to do something. No, I'm not saying that those things aren't real. If you love me, keep my commandments. But he loves you before you ever kept one of them. I mean, come on, Romans 5, 8, while you were yet a sinner, he died for you, and now much more in verse 9. So I think the biggest thing that the body of Christ can ever get, you know, I could get up here and preach, preach Peter 4.17, judgment begins in the house of God. Well, it does. It already has. I mean, 2020 hit and we, we said, you know, the decade of destiny and 2020 vision. Well, the first thing that happened, I mean, they were talking about on Daystar the other day. Where did all the church go when this thing hit? They were like Gideon's army. They ran away in fear because they were asleep in the lap of Delilah like Samson. The prophets of Baal are the, social, are, are the media, NBC, ABC, CNN. You want to listen to the prophets of Baal, you, you, you know, that, that's who they are. And Corona even has a crown in it, but it's not a good crown. You know, so this year, this past year, was a real eye-opener for me because I was surprised at the church. I, you know, because, you know, what did Gideon have to do in Judges chapter 7? He had to send the fearful home. Well, that reduced his army down to, you know, by several thousand people on one shot. And then, and then God said, okay, those that are alert, those that are, come on, come on, come on, those, are, those ones know how to drink. He said, keep those ones, and that's what I'm going to, the remnant is what I'm going to do my greatest work with. And so, so that's where we are right now. And, you know, yeah, you're going to get delivered from Pharaoh, but you'll be stepping over dead bodies. No, no, you got to get a proper picture of what took place there, too. Yeah. You know, everybody in, everybody in Egypt had a death in the family before they left. And then, and then, and then, oh, yippee, we're getting away from Pharaoh. But now there's a Red Sea. And now Pharaoh's coming up behind us again with chariots. And so God's going to do great works in 2021 and, and going on. But there's going to be other things that are going on that you cannot be focused on. You step over the dead bodies and you keep going. Yeah, yeah. And when you get up to the Red Sea, know that God's going to part it. You're not trapped. You didn't get it led into a trap. This decade is not a trap. This decade is a decade of destiny. This decade is, uh, again, read, read Colossians chapter 3 and, and see what the promises are in that chapter. Or read uh, uh, Ephesians 5.14 where he says, 
Wake up. This slap was to wake you. Wake up and arise from among the dead. In other words, the church looks like the world. The kids know more Disney characters than they do disciples. We're a feel-good generation. Make me feel good. Don't convict me of anything. Just let me entertain me and let me go home. You know, and praise and worship was never meant for entertainment. Praise and worship was so that we could come on and go into the presence of God. You know, you know. Instead of well, I wish they would sing it. If they, if you want them to sing another song, get up here and help them. <laughs> help them from back there. No, no. But I mean, you know, like it's, it's like we are the church. We are praise and worship. We, whatever praise and worship means to God, he sent Judah first all the time. Somehow praise and worship destroys the enemy. Somehow. I don't know how. I don't have to figure it out. But I know this, that, that you know, this, this year is about warfare. It's about worship. Worship and warfare being the same thing. It's about wealth because the wealth of the sinner is laid up in store for the just. Those things are going to happen. Those things happened for some people this year in the middle of all the mess. They progressed. See, so it's not about your outward circumstance. It's about what you got going on in your heart. Are you believing God today? Are you believing him for total transformation? Or are you in fear like the rest of the world? Last year was the year of the mask. But, you know, cover your face up so that we can't identify you. It's about stealing your identification, a disease that's passed by the mouth. Hallelujah, I have a disease that's passed by the mouth. Hallelujah. And there's no, you can't, you can't get inoculated, you can't get vaccinated for this. This is the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, going to get you. The love of God's going to get people this year. That's my prayer, that the love of God be arrest people this year. Arrest them. Let them know. Hallelujah, when they're in a world where there doesn't seem to be any hope. So I think, you know, a month ago I started uh, talking about um, something that the Lord's been working in my life through a book that I read that was written in 1663. And uh, I found it on my computer. And... Uh, and what he said shocked me because he was talking about Philippians 4.11. And he said, Paul the Apostle learned to be content. He said, when things are going good, I'm content. When things are going really bad, doesn't change me. I'm content. I have learned to be content. The fact that he had to learn it tells you that it doesn't come naturally. Because Romans 8, 5 says that your mind is hostile to the things of God. Until you get your mind renewed, your, your, your mind fights the things of God. You know, and so, and so he learned through a process how to be content. That doesn't mean that he was not on the move. If you back up in Philippians chapter 3, it says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I'm pressing on. He, he, he wasn't just uh, sitting like a Buddhist you know, he wasn't that kind of content. He was busy in the things of the Spirit of God, but he knew Romans 8, 28. He knew it, for we know. You got to know this. You can't hope this. If you hope this, it won't work. For we know that all things work together for good. For who? Everybody? No. Those that love God. So you can quote, quote that verse, but if you haven't got those two things going on, you got to know that he's working together for your good. you got to know that you, you can't eat the ingredients of a lemon pie by themselves. But when Shelly Sponicle makes one. <laughs> the best one I ever had in my life. Meringue that high with the little beads all over the top. Uh, Cold out of the fridge with a big glass of milk. Glory to God. Words create pictures, have you noticed? No, I saw something. If you lick it, you lift <laughs> This is what this is supposed to do. Blessed are they that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. 
So he learned how to be content. But if you backed up Philippians 4 back to verse 8, he would tell you how he did it. Well, no, you'd have to go back to verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. You're going to have to shut the media off in order to, to accomplish that. You can't watch the prophets and listen to the prophets of Baal and be cozy. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests be made known unto God. But then he said, and then let the you have to make this decision. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Something will rule your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart and be thankful. Verse 8, he says, meditate my word. He says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are virtuous and praiseworthy, think, even think on these things. Did you know that you can think on whatever you want to? Isn't that good news? You don't have to think all that crappy negative stuff all the time. You can change that. You can change what you're thinking, change what you're speaking. <laughs> he that orders his conversation aright will see the salvation of God. That's in every area of your life. Whew. You can talk trashy. You can talk word. Yeah, he said, I set before you this day life and blessing, death and cursing. <laughs> you know, you choose life, choose to speak blessing and not cursing so that you and your seed can live. Wow, what a promise. So, you know, what are you saying? I, you know, don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, I think Colossians chapter 3 says. Speaking to yourselves. Hallelujah. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm favored by God. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in my circumstance. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. It's just getting better all the time in my life. You're getting better. It's not getting bitter. It's getting better all the time. And again, between bitter and better, it's just a vowel movement, right? Some of y'all need a vowel movement. It's true. Don't get bitter, get better. See, you can either go or you can grow. You have that choice every day. Peter's biggest mistake in his life was he, he wouldn't surrender his independence to God. He said, I'll take care of I, I, I'll even die for you. I, I, you know, I got this. How many of you know he didn't have it? How many of you know that you don't either? <laughs> and no, you need him every day. You need him. Hallelujah. So what are we going to what are we going to preach today? Let's go to let's go to Hebrews chapter thirteen. So I read this book on contentment, and the thing that bugged me about what he said about contentment, he said, "Until you reach that, you haven't arrived as a Christian." You better get there quick. <laughs> Some of y'all been around a long time. You haven't found contentment yet. You gotta, you know. But you gotta understand, it's the thing that destroyed Adam. Discontentment. He thought that God did not provide him everything that he needed, and he was discontented. So he was upset with God. You ever ever get upset with God? Don't lie. You ever get upset with God? Blame God for your circumstance, even though. Jude, verse 6, the angels fell because of the same thing, discontentment. Think about it. murmuring is mutiny. Murmuring is saying, God, I don't believe you. I don't believe this book. I don't believe the promises. You might have done this for somebody else, but you won't do it for me. And, but again, see, discontentment comes from distrust. Discouragement comes from distrust. Contentment produces courage. 
because you know that God is always with you. God will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you, as we're going to read right here. Contentment, verse 5 of Hebrews 13. Let your conversation or your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content. Be content with what you have. Why? Because he said, I will never, I will never, I feel so alone. I was really alone over Christmas. Nobody even called me. <laughs> the creator of the universe says, you're my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. That's the greatest call you'll ever get. And Christmas ought to remind you of why I came. Even though it didn't come in December, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And contentment doesn't come from out there. Happiness can't, doesn't come from out there. It's a decision that you make in here. It's, inter it's not based on your circumstance. Oh, my circumstances would just improve. And they do, and then it's something else. There's always something else. If I had more money, I'd find a way to spend more money. So money didn't answer the question. And then I got too much money, and now everybody's trying to get it from me. It doesn't come from that. That's why he said the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil, because money is like salt water. You're thirsty for it, and you drink. <laughs> And because it's salt water, now you got to drink again. And the more you drink, the thirstier you get. I've watched people chase it their whole lives and never get to that place of peace. Never get to that place that you can get to without a dime. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you find a dime, you, 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 I was going to say you could tie the penny, but no, you, you can't use those anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. Contentment comes from knowing who you are in Christ. In Christ. In Colossians chapter 3, right in the middle of it, he said, you beloved. When God addresses you, he calls you his beloved. What a tender thing. The disciples, I always go back to the Matthew 6, 9. The disciples, they were blown away when they said, Jesus. Teach us how to pray. And he started out by saying, our father. They never, ever looked at him as father. They looked at him as judge and jury and executioner and all of those things. Father. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I came to show you the father's love. I came to demonstrate the father to you. To know, to know that he's your father. He's not your arch enemy and your mean discipline, disciplinarian. If you've never had a, a good father, never had a revelation of what that's like, that's why he wrote the Gospels. So you can see how God really is through Jesus. He's always for you. He's there when you're competing in something. Saying, go, go, go. He's there. I remember one time, this happened with Joey. I had a, I had a, this was before I was saved, and I had this, uh, I had an apartment uh, in a complex that had a big swimming pool. And so Joey was over for the weekend visiting, and I'm in the deep end of the pool, and he comes booking it across the pool and jumped way over his head to me. He couldn't swim at that point in time. But he saw his father, and he felt safe making a big leap over uncharted territory because he knew that his father would catch him. It is wonderful, but that's our father. That's who he is. That's who he wants to be in your life. Come to me. Come unto me when you're weary and heavily laden. I'll give you rest. Come to me. Jump. Across those negative circumstances, and I'll embrace you. See, it's a different, it, you, you got you to know this, because of all of that that's going on out there. And when you get, get that, and you get that contentment, people will see it on you. And then, it was noised abroad that he was in the house. 
I know we need to be witnesses out there. I'm not saying that at all. But I also know that it can be noised abroad that God is in the house. That people are not coming in to listen to praise and worship. They're coming to worship in spirit and in truth. Worship. We've never, we've gotten praise down a little bit, but we've never worshiped God. When you worship God, you don't see anybody else in the room. When you worship God, you're locked in with him. You're sometimes you're on your face because you're, you're seeing how great he is. You know, and really it's protocol for the kingdom. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And then you get to that place of bold, bold place of worship. Come boldly unto my throne room of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace to help you. God, you don't worship him because of what he's done for you. You worship him because he's worthy of the worship. Hallelujah. And he chose you in him. For, come on, from the foundation of the world, before the planet was ever put in place, he picked you. He chose you to be here on January the 3rd to hear this message. Well, let's get it. No, it's my voice, but it's his words. It's always his words. It's always his words. Let's read his words right now. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So that we can boldly say there's something about contentment that makes you bold. Contentment will bring courage to you. Contentment is knowing who you are in Christ. And like Paul, the apostle said, well, he was in the middle of a shipwreck. He said, whose I am and whom I serve. In the middle of it all, he said, be of good cheer, guys. In the middle of 276 people on a ship getting ready to crash into the rocks, this guy stands up and says, be of good cheer, guys. I heard from the Lord from an angel last night, whose I am and whom I serve. Go get something to eat. It's going to be all right as long as you stay in the ship. When the storms of life come, don't jump ship. Stay in the ship. Yeah, but it looks like the ship is going to crash. It did. But they all came on, all came to land safe. And when they hit that island of Malta, and the snake came out and bit Paul, looked like the enemy had a trap set for him to kill him. He shook it off into the fire. And when he shook that reptile off, revival broke out on that island. <laughs> revival broke out. Every man, woman, and child in that place got prayed for. Didn't mean he didn't get bit. He ignored the bite. No, no, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when, and again, I used this reference a couple of weeks ago. Um, Muhammad Ali was fighting George Foreman. And I love George Foreman because of his, he's, he's got five kids and they're all named George. It kind of struck me funny. No, but he's a, he's a cool guy and he's a preacher. He didn't just have the George Foreman grill for those of you that never saw him as a boxer. He's a good boxer. He was a heavyweight champion a couple of times. But anyway, when he was fighting Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali did... He just leaned up against the ropes for seven or eight rounds and, and took the blows. And then finally, Muhammad Ali says, George, is that all you got? And George said, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how you do the devil. You lay back on the word of God. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll give you help, strength to carry on. Lean back on the Lord. And let the devil take his best shot. And when he's all done, step out and be the champion that God called you to be. Come on. Amen. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will. Come on. The Lord is my helper, but I'm afraid of coronavirus. The Lord is my helper, but I believe the prophets of Baal. The Lord is my helper, but I've been asleep in the lap of Delilah. No, I will not fear. <laughs> what can a man do unto me? Contentment produces courage. Now, contentment is made up of four things that I have found. I didn't get these out of the book, but I started looking around trying to figure it out. Because I know God wants this for his church. I mean, the peace of God that passes understanding, rule in your heart. Rule in your mind. Can you imagine that that's available? Rule in your heart and your mind? Anxious for nothing. No anxious thoughts. Just peaceful thoughts. 
knowing that God's got your back. Hallelujah. So contentment is made up of faith, patience, hope, and humility. Faith, patience, hope, and humility. And over the next little while, I'm going to try and identify some of these things in Scripture. But for now, we can go to Psalm 112. Because Psalm 112, I'm sure that I've taught this a bunch of times, is when um, it's actually taken from Samuel chapter 30. David came back to Ziklag after being out serving God, working really hard for God. Him and his 400, 600 men at this point in time, they were out there serving God, destroying the enemies of God, destroying the prophets. Of, you know, So they come back home, and when they get back home, they're exhausted. And they come back home and they found that their houses were burned down and their families were kidnapped. How many of you know that's a bad day? That's a really bad day. And then for David, it got worse because the, the, the guys with him said, let's stone him. Let's take the leader out. I mean, they're upset with God, but they'll stone the nearest guy that looks like he might be close to him, right? So, so they were, <laughs> so were going to do that. They were going to do that. But the Bible says that David, after he wept, he encouraged himself in the Lord. See, you can weep. Like Rachel wept over her children. That was good, but she refused to be comforted. That was bad. You can weep over situations and circumstances that happen to you, but you can't stay there. You can't be dragging that up a month, two months, three months from now saying, you never guess what they did to me. No, you can't do that. You have to get past that. You have to get past that. She refused to be comforted. Don't be refusing to let God comfort you. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. So anyway, in Psalm 112, David, could, you know, the Bible says that after he wept until he had no more power to weep. How many of you know that was a, that was a serious crying session? Have you ever done that? Have you never done that? You're in a fetal position, man. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it did. And then, and then, you know, has anybody ever been there? Gee, am I the only? Come on, you wave at me if you've been there. You wept until you couldn't weep another, another drop. Wailing, yeah. Yeah. But then the next thing is it says, but David encouraged himself. In the Lord. And this is when he wrote Psalm 112. He wrote Psalms 110, 111, and 112 at this point in time. And 112 really stands out to me. Because he said, praise the Lord. That's what you do in the middle of anything, good or bad. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that reverences or fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. His seed. Now, he didn't even know where his kids were. There may be ladies here today that you don't know where your kids are. They backslid and they're gone, whatever. Well, you, you need to take comfort in Jeremiah 31, 16, and 17, and other Isaiah 49, 25, and a whole bunch of verses that you can claim over your children. But this is what David said. He said, my seed shall be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright, they shall be blessed. Now you're standing in the ashes and declaring wealth and riches shall be in my house. That's what faith does. That's what we read last week in, Hag in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17. The fig tree won't produce. The, there's no, the olive failed. And I got no animals in the stall and all that kind of stuff. He said, yet, yet I will. What are you going to do when trouble comes? Overcome it by, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. Why? Because I know Romans 8.28. I know that somehow this is working for my good. Wealth and riches will be in your house and your right, his righteousness in you endures forever. Drop down to verse 7. He shall not be afraid. Well, I don't know if I should send my kids to school. He should not be afraid. I don't know if I should go there. He shall not be afraid. Uh, he shall not be afraid of the prophets of Baal. <laughs> <It's> social media. 
anti-social media. <laughs> he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Because his heart is fixed. Trust in the Lord. It's like, you know, you, you picture Noah and his family on the ark. The storm came and destroyed some people, but it, it carried them above it all. See, the things that come on the world will carry you up above. You, you, can, you can stay above it. So what kills others will carry you. <laughs> come on, what kills others will carry you. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. And he'll see his desire upon his enemies. Amen. And your enemies are not flesh and blood, but they're principalities and powers. They're not a political party, a liberal party, a conservative party, a Democrat or a Republican party. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And we have been around long enough to know that there's wickedness in every, every, every form of government. Wherever money's changing hands, there's wickedness. Wherever there's power being bestowed, there's wickedness. Amen. But now let's go, let's go to 2 Kings. I'll keep an eye on the time here. I got lots of time. Lots of time. Awesome. So what is contentment? Faith, patience, hope, and humility. Humility. Why? Because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he would exalt you in due time. How do I humble myself? By casting all of my cares upon him, for he cares for me. So now I'm not careless, but I'm carefree. And I'm sober and vigilant because I have an adversary of the devil as a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. But he can't devour me because I don't, I'm, not putting up, I'm not putting up that smell. No, care gives off an odor. And the devil can smell it. You, you know, Beelzebub also means Lord of, it's Lord of the flies, but it's Lord of the dunghill, really. The devil's the Lord of the dunghill because that's what attracts the flies. And so he's the king of, and he's, a, he's but he's attracted to that smell. So if you've got no smell in your life, it's the truth. I mean, it may be a silly illustration, but just think about the next time you get ready to complain, right? And just get out some Febreze and put it in your holster. I stank right there. Hallelujah. Maybe the Bible is Febreze. I don't know. Okay, we went to 2 Kings. Is that where we were going? Did we say chapter 3? Because in chapter 3, there's a story about, again, about Baal worship. Baal worship was abortion. I don't know how many thousand people we kill every year in America, North America, because of abortion. But I think it's one every 90 seconds. And they, they tear them apart and yank them out and... And now they're putting them in the vaccines that they want you to take and all of that. And it's, you know, it's murder. I don't care. They're, they're all upset now because you can do it right up to birth. It was murder. It was murder way before that. I mean, in the Hebrew mind, you're a year old when you're born because you were, conception is where life starts. So that's God's mind. Here in... Um, in Kings, 2 Kings chapter 3, we've got a war going on. And uh, it's between Ahab's son and Jehoshaphat joined up with him, going against the king of Moab. And the king of Moab, again, you know, uh, killed Baal worship. And Jehoshaphat probably shouldn't have went, but when he went... He followed the lead of the leader, and they went down. I've been there. They went to the south side of the Dead Sea and marched all around the Dead Sea. Well, the problem with marching a big army around the bottom of the Dead Sea and all the, you know, they, when they went to war, they had to take all the cattle. They didn't have a fridge. So you're going to feed the troops at night. You've got to kill. So you've got all these animals with you and everything. And they went around the south side of the Dead Sea. Well, you can't drink salt water. 
And so they, they, they ran out of water, they ran out of supplies, they were ready to die. And, and we're going to pick it up here in... Um, and, of course, he called the prophets of Baal, you know, to, to prophesy. But, you know, common knowledge, common results, right? You stay ordinary. But I like verse 11 because Jehoshaphat was a spiritual guy. And he said, is there not another prophet? Is there not a prophet of the Lord? They may inquire of the Lord by him. That's verse 11. And one, one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Sapphire, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Can you imagine being famous for humility? As long as they don't, long as they don't give you a button, you start to wear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the humblest guy on the planet. No, no, you couldn't. <laughs> but can you imagine? That's what they said about this man. This man that all he wanted, all he wanted was a double portion of what was going on on Elijah. And he did whatever he had to do to get it. So he was known for his humility. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel, uh, the king of Israel, the king of Israel went out down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, what, what have I to do with you? <laughs> In other words, if you were here by yourself, I wouldn't even pay any attention to you because you're a wicked king. So this is what he said. He said, go to the prophets of your father, go to the prophets of Baal, and to the prophets of your mother Jezebel. And the king of Israel said unto him, no, the Lord has called these kings together to deliver them into the hands of Moab. Elisha said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, surely if, if I did not regard, aren't you glad that this is you? He regards you. You can put your name in there. If I did not regard the presence of Marie LeBlanc in her constant state of revival. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I love that. He said, he said, he said, I wouldn't even look at you. But now look at verse 15. You want to know how important praise and worship is? Uh, go get Ashton. I, I don't mean that literally. <laughs> Why? Because worship and warfare will produce the wealth that they need to get this deal done. So we can see humility here, and we can also see the worship and the warfare. He said, thus saith the Lord, make the valley full of ditches. Now again, when, when God brings you instructions, they're foolish. They don't have any water now. They're in the driest part of Israel. And he's saying, Go and dig some ditches and don't dig a few. So now you're hot and you're thirsty. You're hot and you're thirsty. See, this is where most of the church would have gone home right then. I remember one time we were at, a, we were at River of God Church in, in Texas, and the river flooded. And the water came up, you know, way up over the, the, the big 400-seat burn that they used down at the bottom of the property and all that. And I watched... There was 1,600 to 2,000 Bandito motorcycle people there. And I watched them as the floodwaters rose, picking up their stuff, their tents, their camps, their RVs, and moving them up higher on the property and laughing and carrying on. And I, 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 I'm, just, I, I'm sorry, but this is what I saw. I said, if that had to happen to the church, I could hear the complaining. I could... Anyway, not this church. The church is watching on. No, no, not you either. I'm sure you're nice people. I'm just saying we're supposed to be full of new wine, not W-H-I-N-E, wine. Hallelujah. We're the ones that are supposed to be jumping in there and helping other people. Not what about me? What about me? Go get me some praise and worship, he said. Make the valley full of ditches, for thus saith the Lord. You'll not see, look, you'll not see the wind. So in other words, this is supernatural stuff. You'll not see the wind. 
you'll not see the rain. Yet the valley will be filled with water that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. And, and, and this, is, this is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He said, this is nothing for me, but also I'm going to deliver you from your enemies. All because they worship God with no physical reason to and, did, and followed some ridiculous instructions. Because lots of times when, you know, again, common sense, common results. When God talks to you, he's not going to give you, if he was going to give you something that you could already do, you didn't hear from him. It's supposed to be exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think working in you, right? So don't be looking for the easy way. It's, it's human nature. Give me something easy, God, and I'll do it. Amen? No, no amen. Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 15. We've got to get this thing moving here. Okay. Romans 15, we'll try and close it over there. Yeah. 15 to verse 4, it says, So whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for, your, for our learning, that we through patience and comfort or contentment of the scriptures might have hope. So there's, there's faith, patience, and hope right there. Now, the, verse 5, Now the God of patience and consolation Grant you to be, listen to this, this is good. This is good. This is church life. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That you may be one mind and one mouth. One mind and one mouth. One mind, one mouth. Does that mean that we don't disagree? Of course not. We can be disagreeing without being disagreeable. But again, it's talking about unity when the plumber and the electrician and the carpenter get together to do a job, and it's not all about the carpenter, it's not all about the plumber. It's not about the trade. It's about one heart and one mind, one mouth, one mind, one mouth. Glorify God even your Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we get in unity, what does it do? It glorifies our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13. I preached this up in New Glasgow one, one Sunday night. I remember this, verse 13. Now the God of hope, now the God of hope fill you the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. May God, the fountain of life, the giver of all, the source of hope, fill you with perfect happiness through your trust in him, that your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and unite you through your trust in him, and may your hope overflow through the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That peace that he talks about is Irene, and it means absence of negative feelings. So don't be infested with ants. Automatic negative thoughts. Ants. Sometimes you get ants. You can tell when you got ants. They make you squirm. All those negative thoughts. Remember, remember that ants, automatic negative thoughts. Don't get the ants in your pants, man. No, but 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 they come automatically. That's that's the key. They come automatically. That's why he would tell us in Second Corinthians ten and verse four, the weapons of your warfare aren't carnal. But they're mighty through God to pull down those strongholds, anything that gets a stronghold on you, by casting down those imaginations, those high thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and bring your thought life into captivity to the obedience of God's word, and be ready to, to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, 
take charge of your life this year. Okay, I, I, I do I want to go to Colossians. I promise I'm closing over in Colossians. Okay. We're circling the airport right now. We're coming in. We're coming in. See, the glory of God, God wants to manifest his glory in this last day. But all it requires is death to self. For the glory to show up, you just have to die to your, you have to die to your flesh. No, but again, Romans 8, 5, your flesh is at enmity, hostile to the things of the Spirit of God. You know, you watch some people run through here. Sometimes somebody will take off running and, and uh, people will think, well, that's in the flesh. No, if you're sitting there thinking that, you're the one that's in the flesh. You understand that? When you begin to judge somebody else for what they're doing, how they worship God, you got off in your flesh. I know you thought you were perfect in every way, you know, and in the sight of God you are. But, but, but any time you reach out to pull somebody down, it indicates there's something wrong in here. Right? Don't, don't let wrong stay in your life. How do I get rid of it? I'm going to show you right here. Pray, this, pray these verses every day. I'm risen with Christ. I seek those things that are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. I set my intelligence on the things that are above and not the things of the earth. For I am dead and my life is here with Christ in God. When Christ who is my life shall appear, I'll also appear with him in the glory. And so now by the words of my mouth, by the words of my mouth, that's why the devil would like to cover your mouth up and shut it up. No, the words of your mouth are how everything changes. So when I say this, I mortify my members today that are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inornate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which I adultery. For the which things sake, the wrath of God comes upon children of disobedience, in the which I also walked at some time when I lived there. But now also put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of my mouth. And I stopped lying. Come on, he's writing to the church. He's telling the church, stop Stop lying to one another. What? What? <laughs> Seeing you have put off the old man and his deeds. How do you do it? How do you put off your coat when you go home? It's not mysterious. You're saying, I'm taking this off and I'm putting this on. Come on, I'm putting this on. How am I putting it on? But I'm doing it with the words of my mouth. And having put on the new man, that's pneuma. That's Holy Ghost man, walking in the Holy Ghost. Put on the new man that's renewed. How did he get renewed? By the knowledge of the Bible, by studying the word. By Joshua 1.8, you know, meditating, muttering, uttering, and speaking the word of God day and night that you may prosper and have good success. God just won't let me be successful. Yeah, he gave you the plan. It's in his book. It's kind of like the tithe. You know, he said in Hebrews chapter 7, here, here that men that die receive tithes. So I'm not dying today, but we received the tithe from you today, right? But he said there, God worships the Father with it. So somehow there's something supernatural about the money that's going into an offering plate. And so you can say, well, the church ripped me off. No, no, you gave it to God. But the church did with it, they're going to have to stand in front of God for, right? Yeah, so you're not, the church had nothing to do with your giving. Lie not to one another, seeing you put off the old man's deed. Put on the new man, renewed in the knowledge, renewed in the knowledge and the image of him that created you, where there's neither. Now, now this, this smashes racism, completely obliterates racism. There's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. So put on as the elect of God. Look at what it says about you. This is what it says about you. So if this is what it says about you, make sure that that's what you say about you. You're holy and beloved. Yeah, but you don't know what it is. It's not about what you did, about what he's accomplished. You're holy and beloved. You are holy and beloved. You are now. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. Holy and beloved. He's saying, bowels of mercy. That's something on the inside, moving to the outside. Begin to let, let, the, get, let, let the fruit of the Spirit. You know, you talk about 7081 on the Jewish calendar, nine nines. The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is all there too. Like there's, 
a bunch of stuff that I could get into today and I'm not going to. But when I read this, when I read this, I, I, he said, let this mercy and kindness and humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing and, for, forbearing and forgiving one another, forbearing and forgiving one another. Do you have anything against anybody? Let it go today. And again, forgiveness is not for the person. Forgiveness is for you. So that when that name comes up, they can't hurt you anymore. That's why God wanted you for, to forgive. Forgive, to give first. Come on, forgive. Forbearing and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. When I think about what he forgave me for, I have no problem forgiving any human. Amen to that. Amen to that. And above all, look at this, and above all, here's 14, above all things, put on love, the bond of perfection. Then verse 15, let the peace of God, you let it. In order to let it, you got to guard your mind. You got to guard what's going in through your eye gate and your ear gate. You guard your gates. That's what the book of Nehemiah is all about, guarding the gates. It's all in your human body. He said, above all these things, put on love, the bond of maturity, and then let the peace of God rule in your heart. <laughs> you're called to one body, and you're thankful. How am I going to do all that, God? I'm going to tell you in the next verse, son, let the word of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts. Unto the Lord. You want a word for 2021? <laughs> Colossians chapter 3 is a good place to start. Hallelujah. Yeah. Pray that over yourself every day until it's happening in your life, and you'll be you'll be doing cartwheels into 2022. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise it, Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly. Speaking to yourselves. You never know what they did to me. No, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Doesn't give you any room to complain about anybody then, does it? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And making melody in your heart. That means you can't have the radio playing in your car all the time unless you're playing Christian music. Because those words get in you. You start singing. You want that in your life? Sitting around going to listen to that blues music? You want that in your life? Seriously? I like blues music, but I realized I can't listen to it very often because, you know, you can't sing, Nobody loves me like but my mother. <laughs> and she was jiving too. Nobody loves me but my mother. She was lying too. How many of you know if you sang that for a while? <laughs> uh, no, probably not. Okay. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.